May these words of my mouth and this meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. There are Episcopal priests all across America shaking their heads at the futility of trying to preach this morning after the incredible sermon delivered by our presiding bishop yesterday in England. It was indeed a proud day to be an Episcopalian. Perhaps we could just cue a recording and move on. Probably not, so here I go. And I hope at the end of it all, you will share in only one of the complaints by a London town crier interviewed yesterday on NPR. He said of Bishop Curry's sermon at the royal wedding, it was too long and too religious. I will try to be brief. Over and over today, In all of these Pentecost readings and the music that we will hear, it's all about the Spirit. And what I love is that through all of it, we are made acutely aware that the Spirit cannot be pinned down. The Spirit is not just one thing. In Acts, the Spirit sounds like the rush of a violent wind and dances on the head of the apostles like divided tongues of flame. That hardly seems like the gift mentioned in the collect or in the gospel. It actually sounds pretty frightening. This is not the spirit we think of producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and that fruit called self-control. This spirit sounds wild and untamed. Just as we wondered together back in March, does God sound like thunder or an angel? Is Jesus a table turner and disruptor or messenger and model of love and forgiveness? The answer is both and. It's always both and. Even our daily use of the word spirit is varied. Someone who is high-spirited, high-spirited is exactly who you want to have at a gathering for their cheerful and joyful presence. However, we all nod sympathetically when a parent describes their toddler as spirited. The spirit cannot be pinned down. It moves in us and around us in ways that are hard to define. To be spirit-filled is different for every individual. It is both an inward feeling and an outward manifestation. It is mysterious, complex, and infinitely interesting and makes us more complex and interesting. What I particularly love about the description of the Spirit in Romans, particularly as your canon pastor, is that it makes clear that we are never alone. It names the suffering 
and the longing of our human condition and proclaims that we are not alone in that condition. All of creation has been groaning in labor pains. We all groan as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And as we wait, whether it is the waiting for a diagnosis, news of a job, the restoration of a strained relationship, the resolution of a wrongdoing, the results of an exam, the return of health, the day we will see a loved one again, the hope of our very salvation. We groan and often fail to find the words to talk to God in prayer in our distress. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. I think that has to be one of the most beautiful sentiments in the entire Bible. When we don't even know what to say, when the circumstances of our life have become too much and simple words have escaped us, Paul tells us that we can trust that the Spirit is there. The Spirit knows us, intercedes for us, and is present to us in sighs too deep for words. Maybe some of you haven't been there yet. I know I have. In much of the talking and training we have done in pastoral care over the last many months, we often talk about the ministry of presence, that gift we give by just being with someone, not giving advice, not solving their problems, but just sitting with them, letting them know they are heard, valued, and loved. This was one of the hardest and most valuable lessons I learned while doing my hospital chaplaincy in seminary. I know there are many of you who have been around me enough to know that I always have something to say. But I learned exactly how uncomfortable I was with silence and how filling the air with my own voice was far more about making myself comfortable than about comforting the patient or the family that I was visiting. My friends, sometimes words are a barrier to being fully present to another. Sometimes words confuse the issue. Sometimes words prove just how much we don't actually understand what someone else is going through. Sometimes words are just unnecessary. How rare it is in this day to take the time to simply be present to another human being. The Spirit 
is the very model of this form of pastoral care. The Spirit in Romans shows us compassion, presence, understanding, and that sometimes silence is the greatest gift. And offering intercessory prayer, not even allowed when a person is in too much pain to find the words, is the greatest gift. Prayer that is deep, compassionate, healing, with sighs too deep for words. And Paul tells us that all of this is normal. Isn't that often what we want to hear? That what we're feeling is normal. It is part of the human condition. We are no weaker than the next person, and we are not abandoned in our struggles. We are not alone in our suffering. Paul makes it clear that there is no exemption from suffering for believers. In fact, this shared condition gives us compassion and solidarity in a fallen world. The Spirit was with us in our baptism, as it will be in the baptism later this morning of babies, these precious children who are also soon to be sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. Forever. We are never alone. The Spirit is invoked during the Eucharistic prayer to come upon the bread and wine that they may be the sacrament of the body and blood of the new covenant. And we are fed, fed and sustained, and we show the fruit of the Spirit. And at 10.30, we will sing, Come, Holy Spirit, which is often sung during an ordination as the bishop lays hands upon a new deacon or priest, and we are consecrated and blessed and empowered through the Spirit to bless others. This Spirit is busy, let me tell you. This Spirit cannot be pinned down. The Spirit is not just one thing. And sometimes the Spirit is a rush of violent wind. And while we might not see it dance in flames upon someone's head, thanks be to God, it can encourage us to be quiet at the right moments. And that same Spirit, I will confess, has urged me to strike some pretty silly poses while I model the latest in hospital fashion, a collar, a paper gown, a mask, and gloves, as I did a runway walk for one of our parishioners who just needed something to laugh about. Because laughter, too, is holy and spirit-filled. So to Bishop Curry's critic, I say, I'm pretty sure this sermon wasn't too long. I can only hope he would also deem it as too religious.